friends, welcome to another episode of the Brains, Boobs, and Beer podcast. I'm your host, Heather. And on this episode, I wanted to take the time to talk a little bit about Movember, the Movember Foundation, what they do. And to help me with that, I have a very special guest on this episode who happens to be my father. So hi, Dad. Hello, Heather, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you for being here to help me talk about Movember since it is almost that season. Time for a mustache. So for the (laughs) listeners who aren't aware, (laughs) for any of you out there who are not aware of what the Movember Foundation is, I'm going to give you the crash course. So um, it is a nonprofit organization that is focused on improving men's health uh, collectively and globally. So it actually started in Australia and it's worldwide. Now there's chapters all over the place. Um, I have been an active Mo sister, which is what they call the female supporters, um, for, I think this is my ninth year. Wow. I think my ninth year. Yeah. So, um, what it does, it focuses on raising funds every November, to help with general men's health, particularly some focus on prostate cancer and testicular cancer. But they also really are strong advocates uh, for suicide prevention and mental health as a whole. And then over the years, they have also expanded to include um, healthy movements. So getting out there, getting active, they try to encourage people to get 60 miles in during the month of November because we lose 60 men per hour to suicide. So lots of focus on men's health um, and a lot of good activities. So definitely wanted to make everyone aware. And one of the ways that you will definitely see it out and about in action is men grow mustaches during the month of November, hence Movember. So that is kind of a visual cue to get conversation going about men's health. So I got started several years ago. Um, I think I saw it on, I don't know, Facebook or social media or some somewhere and thought it was a great cause and started to support each year. So raising funds, trying to get a team together, then leading a team. Now I'm leading another team and I have become a Movember community ambassador. Um, so not only trying to raise my own personal funds, but for to support, but also to raise awareness in the community, hence this episode. So that is Movember in a nutshell. I am genetically challenged when it comes to growing my own mustache. <laughs> so I do have to <laughs> find other ways. Um, so each year I have typically done a theme to the month. And I try to always post a new picture each day of the month. So for example, um, last year, I believe my theme was around the healthy movements. So it was different energetic activities, but with mustaches. Um, So I do have a theme that I'm thinking of this year. um, And I think it is going to be like influential 
mustaches over time. So it won't be me with mustaches. I think I'm going to recognize a bunch of the mustaches that have made a difference in our lives throughout history. So that's the plan. That's, that's like fresh news. Dad, I know you were asking me about my yeah, well, <laughs> plans this year. So there you go. Yeah, that sounds really good. And and that is a great thing for people to follow on a day-to-day basis. And it keeps that awareness up. Yeah. And it's just fun. <laughs> it's fun. We could all use a little uh, levity in our lives right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. So I started supporting Movember several years ago. And then a few years ago, it really hit home for me because my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. So he is here to share his story um, and his journey through that. So thank you so much, Dad, for doing that. I think it's really important for other people to hear. And it's so amazing that you're willing to share that with everyone. So thank you, first of all, for doing this. But can you kind of walk us into how like how it came about you were how you were sure. diagnosed what what led you to it i know you had some awareness to november from me bugging you each year about it um and i think right. that played a, a key role also so could you maybe take us from the beginning sure uh and and i really am glad to be here and raising awareness is a key I find that, uh, and and since I've been through my uh, episodes with uh, treatment, I've had several folks here. I belong to a, a Rotary Club, and there were several of the Rotarians who learned of my um, diagnosis and then ultimately treatment and, and lots of questions, and I've been able to pass along a lot of information. And so awareness is a key. And I think that's what Movember is all about, is making uh, men aware of what potential difficulties there may be down the line if they don't pay attention. Um, Mine started actually with that encouragement to get PSA tests. And I remember hearing that from the Movember stuff years ago. Um, I I have a terrific general practitioner uh, my doctor here is uh, very thorough, and she's really good with me with uh, annual physicals, and I also have diabetes, so she's uh, watching over blood sugar levels and all the other things that have occurred with me throughout the years. And I am now 71 next month, and so age has been a part of that uh Well, she watches carefully what's going on with me. And it was six years ago that a PSA test that she ordinarily uh, requested that I get began to show some level of elevation, not not terrific, you know, nothing really wild and crazy. But that was uh, six years ago, maybe even seven years ago. Because, uh, like mm-hmm. I said, you've been encouraging me to do the PSA check for a long time. And so we did that. And uh, lo and behold, another year went by. And the PSA level, because it was an annual kind of a, a blood test, it 
increased again and a little bit more than the previous test. And so she was concerned enough. She said uh, that I probably ought to visit with a urologist and just to be sure, um, do some more tests with a urologist. And so uh, my wife has been to a urologist here in Southern California and and, uh, I decided to go see him as well. And he did the same thing. He did PSA tests and did find through some biopsies five years ago that there were some cancer cells in the prostate. Now, had the PSA level not increased, I'm not sure that the biopsies even would have been done. But he said, uh, yeah, we need to check the prostate itself and see if there are cancer cells uh, thriving And so that prostate biopsy concluded with uh, 12, and I can't remember the actual term, but the the tissue that they take from the prostate, four of those 12 had cancer cells visible. Now, four Mm. out of 12 is not alarming. It was not to him. He said that's uh, not out of the ordinary for a man my age. But he said uh, there might be some some things down the road that we have to consider. And so at that time, he was recommending, and I agreed to what is called active surveillance. And so mm-hmm. for a six-month period of time, and again in a year, we did nothing other than tests. Mm-hmm. So the active surveillance uh, went for a year and a year that followed, uh, I had another biopsy because there was another increase in the PSA level. And with the biopsies that he did, uh, that's been five years ago, um, there were more than six, I think it was six or seven of the samples that had cancer cells. And it was a little more specific in terms of the area in the prostate. So um, his recommendation was that I see uh, someone that might encourage me for a treatment plan. And so that's kind of how we got to the treatment phase. And that's kind of a long description, but that's how it worked. Okay. So no, but I think it's really important that you shared that because I think a lot of people hear cancer and it's panic. Um, Whereas I think because you and your doctor are so diligent, like with this annual checkups and the annual testing, I mean, you were literally like just kind of hanging out waiting for there to be something (laughs) to have treatment for, right? Is that an accurate way to put that? Yep. Okay. And the and the, and that was the the reason for the active surveillance. There really are lots of treatment options for prostate cancer, and uh, there's some great literature, some really good uh, articles, um, periodical articles, things in uh, journals of medicine, a lot of things that would tell an individual about prostate cancer and how it works in the prostate. And uh, so there's lots of information out there, but having that urologist work with me and then to determine through some other doctors what real treatment plans were as 
the PSA increased, and particularly because mm -hmm. the biopsies showed more cancer cells, there were more options that I needed to consider. And so uh, Karen was involved in that with me, and we ended up going to see actually three or four different doctors about treatment options. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and then if I remember correctly, because it was so early, because you were in that monitoring stage, because you and your doctor had diligently gone through the annual checkups, um, you and you were talking about kind of different options, you had more options, I'll say flexibility to find a treatment that really worked for you. Like you had time because basically, I guess is what I'm trying to say, yes. to kind of look for the appropriate treatment, the doctors you want to work with, et cetera, right? That's right. Yes, that's right. And the, the we ended up seeing uh, four different doctors and they all explained uh, what treatment options might be. And uh, some of them were a little more drastic and dramatic than what I was really after. Um, and, and that's the part of it that I think is true. The early detection made a difference in the options that were available to me. So you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. uh, I had some flexibility there. Uh, otherwise, if it, uh, and for example, when the MRIs and the uh, CT scans were completed, and I got a chance to see those, the cancer cells were limited to the prostate. They were actually inside mm -hmm. the wall of the prostate. And so um, one of the options that I chose, it's a, a procedure here in Southern California, and we're in the San Diego area, it was called CyberKnife. And the CyberKnife treatment plan is uh, intense radiation localized to where the cancer cells are. And uh, because it was early detection again, they were able to plant some markers in the prostate for me, did additional MRIs and CT scans and x-rays and ultrasounds. Gosh, I had all kinds of, of uh, belly shots, uh, uh, not shots, uh, pictures. Photos. And, and uh, really of interest to me, and you'll find this interesting too, coming from Purdue University, my oncology doc, his undergraduate degree was in electrical engineering from Purdue and and here he is from not from Purdue but electrical oh. engineering of all of the things yep, that yep. I thought about an oncology doctor that was, that wasn't it <laughs> yeah. uh, but he really got interested then in the application Mm -hmm. of the electrical electrical engineering background he had. And so as, as he looked at the options for me, CyberKnife made a lot of sense. And what they did in a nutshell was overlay all of those pictures of me. And they were able to identify the exact location in the prostate of where those cancer cells were growing. And the, the CyberKnife machinery is calibrated by physicists and electrical engineers and doctors to determine the amount of radiation and exactly where to point it. And so my treatment involved five days in a row, not more than about 45 minutes at a time, 
I just laid on a table because they had uh, put some felt pen markers on my uh, sides so that they knew where to plant me on the table. Mm-hmm. And a gigantic robotic arm moved across me in that 40, 45 minute time period, uh, shooting the radiation into the appropriate place. And all of that was orchestrated and planned and plotted by these uh, physicists and and doctors. And uh, that's how the five days progressed. Absolutely no incisions. I mean, it was not anything that I felt. Uh, I just laid very still. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the five days, uh, we did follow up with PSA checks. And I had no uh, side effects at all from the CyberKnife treatment. Uh, other than I listened to a lot of music, but there was nothing physically for me to react to. It was uh, pretty amazing to me. And then following the treatments, I visited with uh, the oncology doc several times Mm -hmm. um, over the next three months or so. Then I have had PSA checks on increments of three months. Then I progressed to six months and now it's just a year. And coming up uh, this December will be the fourth year since I had the procedure done. So um, I just keep the PSA levels and they are going down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. He said eventually may come very close to zero, but it's gone from uh, about a 5.0 after the procedure was done. And my first PSA check back was about 2.2. So there was that much difference initially, and now over the last three years, it's gone down to, I think I was last at 0.3. Wow. Uh, so it's dramatically reduced. Um, not to say that they, some of those cells couldn't show up again. I mean, and he said that to me. Uh, but as long as the PSA level, which is a prostate antigen, so it's prostate-specific antigen is PSA, as long as that continues to go down, then we know we're on the right track. So that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. But had I not had <clears throat> had the early diagnosis mm-hmm. and the earliest treatment, I would not have had the kind of luck that I did. Um, lots of other potential uh, ways to deal with that, including removal of the prostate, which uh, used to be that was pretty typical Mm -hmm. for guys that had prostate cancer. And a lot of them, without having PSA checks, it was not until symptoms got pretty severe that they realized something was going on. And by that time, they were, like we were talking about, a lot less flexible Mm -hmm. in what they could do. That's amazing. So, uh, So this December will be four years remission, basically, is what? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Yay. Yes. Congratulations on your almost four years. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I yeah. am glad. I'm thankful for that. Um, one of the things you mentioned that I was hoping you could share a little bit more about, um, I think another another concern, you know, a lot of people have, especially if they do receive a cancer diagnosis, is the the effects like that you have to go through. And you had 
you had shared right. earlier, like you really, like you didn't really feel pain. Like you just laid on a table. I'm saying just, but it was 45 minutes, five days. You didn't, you didn't really feel anything at the time. Um, and then because you didn't have to do like extensive radiation, you weren't on chemo. So you, did you have trouble afterwards? Like what was your recovery like? Um, after you had the procedure done, yeah, the uh, the the recovery after the cyber knife was pretty simple. Uh, again, it wasn't surgery, so I did not have um, you know stitches or anything to worry about, mm-hmm. and and even uh, removal of the prostate now is fairly common and uh, can can be done arthroscopically too, I think. So uh, we didn't get into that discussion at all because I was able to have the the CyberKnife radiation. But I really did not have anything um, out of the ordinary for me. Now, you mentioned uh, difficulties. I had no symptoms of prostate cancer. I didn't have the getting up and you know, four or five times in the middle of the night to pee. Mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, difficulties at all um, and no pain. Uh, so there was nothing that might suggest that there was something going on there. Mm-hmm. So it was only the PSA checks that really uh, pinpointed, yeah, something's going on. Um, and, and I think there are a lot of other symptoms, uh, erectile dysfunction, uh, bladder difficulties. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that may come up as a result of prostate cancer, but I didn't have any of those symptoms. And so it was, again, that early detection of a PSA level going up that really prompted the the uh, biopsies in the first place. And that was really the only way, uh, uh, even uh, digital exams, you know, that was a part of the annual exams too. And I think, as, as I've heard others, uh, if a doctor finds a lesion on the prostate through a digital exam, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, and it, it reminds me of uh, October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. By, by the time you would find a lump in a breast, that's not a good thing. It's, right. it's better to have the mammogram and find something ahead of time. So similar kind of a diagnosis in terms of prostate cancer, but uh, no follow-up difficulties at all for me. Uh, of anything, I have a weaker urine stream and uh, the urologist and the oncologist have both said that's pretty typical. Mm. Um, I don't have any difficulties there. It's just a weak stream. Mm. And the urethra has a different different thing going on, I guess, but mm. no other difficulties at all. Yeah. And since you didn't have all the like chemo and everything, you weren't going through like hair loss or uh, nausea right. or like not necessarily cancer right. symptoms, but the symptoms of the more intensive treatment plans. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I have been asked about too, because I have a friend now who's going through the same treatment, um, probably a little higher PSA and Gleason score than what I had, but he's able to catch it early enough too. And he asked about fatigue. Mm. And, and I told him that I do not remember even during the treatments, those 45 minute treatments, 
I don't remember any kind of fatigue. I was still working at the time, mm -hmm. uh, my night shifts at, at the store. So, you know, I just kept doing that. And I even remember looking back at the calendar as I was looking back, uh, getting ready for this with you. Uh, the last treatment that I had, uh, Karen and I went out to dinner for a fundraiser for the Boys and Girls Club. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we just that. we just kept right on going. Uh, nope, nope. And I still I'm still been swimming. Uh, you know, all the things that I was doing before I was I continued to do, and I really did not feel any level of. Uh, uh, fatigue or even weakness, mm -hmm. uh, nothing at all. Just uh, kept right on going. That's amazing that it didn't, you know, it, like you said, you went to dinner that night, like it didn't even really interrupt your life yeah. other than those, those short periods on the bed, getting the treatment actually completed. So yes, yes. And, and, and it was, it was fascinating. And I give a lot of credit to, uh, well, I give a lot of credit to all the docs because my doc uh, was the one that was instrumental in finding the little bit of rise early than mm -hmm. the urologist and helping me through the discussion of active surveillance. And then the oncologist, uh, very thorough and just a, a tremendous doctor. And then uh I did not see or meet the physicists and some of the people that put the program together and then programming that gigantic robotic arm. I was just fascinated. Well, you know me, I, I got really intrigued with all the machinery and the technicians were super helpful. Uh, just everybody was amazing. And so I'm glad that I caught it early and I was able to have that kind of a, a treatment plan. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and it sounds like there was such a great, like, like you mentioned, doc scientist network that was available to you to kind of map out like how this treatment goes. In addition to that, because yes. it's still, um, it's still cancer. It's still a diagnosis of an illness. Was there any yes. challenge early on in terms of like, the emotional aspect of it? And was there support for that um, that you relied on during that, especially the initial time frame? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. And it's one that I've been talking to my friend about too. Um, the, I, I guess, as I think back on it, I was working. Uh, so that kept my mind busy, mm -hmm. uh, still doing some physical activity. And so it took my mind off of it. But during that year of active surveillance, you know, that was uh, a little bit pressing. I, it didn't uh, overwhelm me, but just to know, you know, in six months, yeah, the numbers went up again a little bit. Another six months, yeah, you know, they're, they're up and we probably ought to do another biopsy. So there was some anxiety there, but mm -hmm. not to the point where it really threw me. Mm -hmm. It was just uh, a, a little uncomfortable to have that weight mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. But then I think about some of the guys who, who just decide, well, a PSA test, I'm not sure that that's all that important. Um if they go for years without that test, 
they really don't have the options that were available to me. And so the support that I had from the doctors for that one year, for example, of the wait, I knew that we were watching mm-hmm. and, and my doctor was watching with me. And so there was that support going. And then Karen was right there too. Mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, with me all the way and, and knows the uh, urologist and really liked the oncologist too. So I had a good uh, emotional support all the way around, but the, but the docs were terrific. Oh, I forgot to mention too, the, the, the urologist that I have, um, he was interested in having me included in, um, now I'm trying to remember the terminology because it was a study being done, a genome study, and it had to do with early diagnosis. The study was being done with early diagnosis and treatment options for cancer patients, uh, prostate cancer. And so I agreed to that. Now, I have not heard results of that study, but um, they were trying to recommend the PSA, uh, active surveillance, treatment options, trying to show in this study that early diagnosis was, in fact, uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, that's great. They're pulling data. I think you can certainly speak to it, helping helping you in your scenario. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to hear if, like, I wonder if they do contact you or it's just like, thanks thanks for yourselves. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't get paid any big bucks, but, but you know, the other thing that, that occurs to me is there may be some insurance issues by having PSA tests yeah. done on a, on a more regular basis or uh, the fact that I had CyberKnife available to me in terms of payment out insurance companies may question whether that's really an appropriate use of uh, funds. And so I think the study was helping to say, absolutely, you know, if in fact we can prevent some more damage or even more problems down the road, if we can take care of this early, why not? So hope it helped. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I wonder if there's a way to like find out yeah, I don't know. I could ask uh, Dr. Cohen. Yeah, I'll ask him. I'll ask the urologist and see if I can find yeah. out. I'll say, hey, you know, I agreed yeah. to this study because you talked me into it. What what what's the results? Where are we? What, and it what could, be that it's, we get could be that it's still going on. You know, I don't know. But oh, I'll I'm ask sure, that. Yeah. I'll ask that and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting here. Like, how, yeah. I hope it's progressing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So thank you for sharing all that. And I hope that resonates with some of the listeners in case anybody's like, "Mm, I don't know about these things. Or if they've recently received a diagnosis, um, I think there's a lot of hope and like positivity in in your experience in handling it, dealing with it getting rid of it (laughs) yep so hopefully that will will help help somebody out there to hear that there it's amazing to me the progress progress of medicine um and in this case some of the treatment plans 
were not even in existence some years ago. So the the options are there. Uh, and I think I just happen to be fortunate with the early diagnosis for more options perhaps available to me. But there, there are still lots of options out there. So a diagnosis is certainly uh, something to be concerned about, but a lot of opportunity too. Yeah. And of cancers out there, right? This is a pretty treatable cancer. Absolutely. Yep. And, and the sooner the diagnosis, the better, because the, the one thing that, that my doctors were sharing with me is that the reason I had the uh, capability of having the the high dose radiation uh, saved me from surgeries, some other uh, more, well, more complicated treatment, but also more complicated uh, repercussions. Um, Mm -hmm. And the, you know, just the reactions to different things. Uh, Emotionally, it it sure made a difference for me, uh, knowing that I could Mm -hmm. get through this and know know that there's some progress. But lots Mm -hmm. more options available to guys now than there used to be. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You're right. Um, medicine just keeps going light speed. Yep. <laughs> light speed yep. ahead. Yep. And like, like we're talking about the robot arm. Like, yes. Oh, robots yeah. are helping us. <laughs> yes. It delivered the radiation, you know, exactly where they wanted. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so it, it took, uh, it took the doctors and the machine together to do that. Sure. Uh, but an understanding of what the machine's capability was and then how to program it so that it did just the right thing. All of that went together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not have been able to just walk in the, the robot room and, and have the robot decide where to go. That didn't work. You know, you had to have all those doctors put their brains together and looked at all my pictures. The MR, and it was uh, fascinating to watch the overlay of an MRI, a CT scan, uh, ultrasound, and an x-ray. You know, they put all of that together and were able to exactly locate where they needed to go. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I'll have to find a, there must be a link somewhere on the internet so people can go read more about the cyber knife, like procedure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yep. I will have to find that because it yep. sound interesting. And it was, uh, it was developed here in the San Diego area by one of the doctors. Mm. Uh, so it's a, uh, and there's some other names for it. It's that, that high dose radiation. I know there are other names for it, but CyberKnife mm-hmm. happened to be the, the patented name for these guys. Got it. Like the brand name for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned too, that, um, it sounds like you have also become a community ambassador in your area. <laughs> because there are mm-hmm. several several people of around the same age as as you, um, can you can you share yes. a little bit about like what is that like to be able to share your experience and how how do people react or um, what are their responses? Oh, it's been yeah, it's been really great, and I'm particularly uh, I was interested in the reaction of some of the Rotarians. These are men, again, uh, some my age, some even younger, mm-hmm. a couple that were older. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the response to me was, why do you have your PSA checked? Mm. And, and I was kind of dumbfounded. 
there were many of them that had not uh, ever had a PSA test, and it's such a simple blood test. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they had symptoms or not is really what they were after. You know, if I had symptoms, yeah, I might have it checked, but why would you have it checked if you re- really don't have any symptoms? And mm-hmm. so I was telling them this was just a kind of a routine thing for my doc. And so that's been, I, I was going to say fun. Uh, you know, it's not fun for them. And I've had a couple, I'm going to cough here. I've had a couple of uh, friends who have been diagnosed and were not as early detection as I was. And mm-hmm. so their treatment options were really limited. And uh, and they went through a whole lot more than what I did. So mm-hmm. I was trying to be there to be supportive as they went through that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the friend now that's going through the same kind of treatment, it's really encouraging to him to have somebody that he can talk to that's been through it. Sure. And so, yeah. yeah, you're right. A community community representative. I'm happy to do that. And uh, and then th- the other part of that is, I think my results encouraged others to just get a PSA test. Yeah. And uh, ask their own doctors about that. So, you know, that was well worth the time to be exposed as a, a cancer patient to a lot of those Rotarians. Some of them were absolutely shocked. They said, well, you have prostate cancer? And yeah. I said, well, yeah, but I didn't know it. Right, <laughs> and right. So it was uh, eye-opening for them. You know, they said, yeah, I guess maybe I should have that checked. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you bring up a really good um, point too, in terms of people and their interactions with the doctor. I think most of us when we go to the doctor, we're like, Oh, they know everything. They know what to check. They know what to do. Like, I don't really like, I just go show up and things happen. Whereas, um, because your doctor was so diligent on things and looking at testing, um, but maybe other, other people's doctors aren't as aware or as in tune with their patients, but raising the awareness that, these guys should ask for that. If it's not already suggested, ask your doctor for it so you can get screened. And if there's any right. concern, yeah. you can catch it earlier. And it's just, uh, right. we're all human. So <laughs> kind of have to, kind of have to navigate yeah. that. Oh, yeah. The doctor is a professional in this, but at the same time, if you become aware of something that maybe you should be getting checked out because of your age or history or what have you, um, making sure you, raise that to your doctor for awareness. Yep. And, and uh, I think a lot of us have talked about that. You really have to be proactive in Mm -hmm. terms of being an advocate for your own health Mm -hmm. um, because they see a lot of people. They have lots of things on their minds too. And and right now is a really tough time to try and see a doc. I'm seeing mine virtually, you know, if I have an appointment. Uh, but but my doc really is thorough. She found a melanoma on my back mm. that I didn't know. I didn't know it was there. Uh, and she's one of those that's just that thorough that said, yeah, you got to check, get this checked out. Sure enough, they had to carve it out. Yeah. So yeah. she is that way. And I, uh, God bless her. Yeah. You know, she's, she's done a great job for me. But yeah, you're right. The, they have to just say, you know, this might be something we ought to consider. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a good message. For anyone listening. So if there's something something your doctor's not currently doing, 
like maybe a PSA check, then go ahead and ask for it. <laughs> That's right. And Movember will help us uh, let everybody know that. Yes. Yes. With excellent mustaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to say people uh, that, that I'm acquainted with were absolutely looking forward to your picture every day <laughs> to see what in the world Heather was going to be doing today. And, and it made the entire month of November fly by. Yeah. And, and it occurred to me that you probably could do a, a monthly calendar. You know, <laughs> that would be a great thing for people to have. <laughs> yeah, I've done quite a few pictures over the years. <laughs> yes, 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 you have. Yeah, and and I'm sure it it is. Uh, while it's it's uh, fun, mm -hmm. and some of them are pretty darn comical. Mm -hmm. It's all about raising awareness. And right. uh, when people start looking at that and the message is there every mm -hmm. month, you know, it's not just a picture you're, you're sharing with them the message about what Movember is all about. And uh, I really appreciate all the things that Movember does too. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's what I think drew me to initially to be, supportive of it and to campaign for it each year was this is genius like <laughs> they had some excellent like marketing plans when they when they made this nonprofit to really raise awareness but do it in a way that's engaging and approachable and still like very beneficial for for anyone and everyone yes yeah yep okay um so i think we covered your entire journey and now you're you're still in remission but checking checking annually if not yes. like every six months or so yes um and i think you shared yep. a lot of great insight for people in terms of um going through it but then also i'll say dealing with it and and kind of what goes on in the background yes. and the emotional mental health aspect um how you stayed strong yep. with your yep. your support network Gosh, is there anything else you want to share about your experience? We got it all. I think I think we got it all. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, us talking a long time ago about uh, your involvement, and one of the things that I recalled, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me you had a study in bladder cancer with the veterinary school at Purdue when you were yep. going to school yep. there for your chemistry degree. Yep. And, uh, and I remember, uh, and I think it was canine bladder cancer, as you described it, it mm -hmm. was so closely related to the way human bladder cancer, and I remind me about that because I don't remember that, but fascinating to me, yeah. that's a long time, well, not that long ago, but a, Quite a while, a while ago, ago. you were working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, and it's funny because I didn't even, I didn't even really think about it until you mentioned it now, um, because that was kind of outside of the normal what my classmates were doing for their chemistry degrees. They were over in Westville, yes. um, and I had wandered over thanks to connections through you, actually, to find a unique opportunity. 
so finding that opportunity, but yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It was, it was very interesting and because of similarities. So that's funny. I hadn't made that connection before. Okay. So now that you're in remission, um, you're back to swimming and doing all the things. How, how's that going? Even though we're in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, yeah, I'm still swimming. Uh, love to go into the meets as I could to compete with us masters, mm-hmm. but with uh, what's going on now, there are no meets. I mean, there's not people gathering around a swimming pool mm-hmm. to have swim meets. So I just do the workouts here and, uh, and, uh, I started playing golf again too next door. So that's really mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. we're, we do not go out and about Karen and I both are pretty much home bodies and we do some shopping and we'll go on occasion to a restaurant that's got outside dining here in Southern California, but uh, we're not getting out much. So it's nice to have our little community swimming pool is open to residents only um, and very few that really do that kind of lap swimming. So we've got that available to us. And uh, golf works out great too, because it's a small course, not a lot of people over there too. So no, I just yeah. keep hanging in there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I have one more question for you. Um, so because this is the Brains, Boobs, and Beer podcast, um, oh, yes. are you... Well, I guess it's a little early. I guess you got a couple minutes before it's happy hour time. Ah, yeah, it's 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 pretty darn close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like it might be time. <laughs> you can, yep, you can yep. sneak in those it, four, four minutes. Yes, yeah, it's uh, as they say around lots of places. It's five o'clock somewhere, and it's exactly. fast approaching five o'clock here. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's way past five o'clock a, where you are place? so i have a firestone walker 805 and it's uh supposed to be served chill One well chill right? yes yes and i and i love it yeah. yep so that'll be my five o'clock brew nice nice yeah i don't have any i don't have any beer at home right now Uh-oh. i'm i have wine, wine. For the, for the wine nights I'm doing. Yeah. I need to correct that. I would share <laughs> if there's a way. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I know. That'd be nice if we could, you could just like email it over. Yeah. Yeah. Through the lines. <laughs> could yeah. That'd be great. Got to come up with an app for that. Oh, yeah. Plus, I think all the, uh, whatever the equipment is to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty simple. Yes. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah all right well thank you very 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 much for sharing all your story um hopefully one day we'll get to have an 805 together love it um actually in person yes, yes. <laughs> not just on zoom yeah i love it yeah from uh you know <laughs> but when, from, when they- from where you are to where we are is probably about as far across the country as you can go huh um, I mean, if you guys move to Hawaii, I guess, <laughs> I, I mean, nope. continental, yeah, I would say, but I mean, if you guys headed to Hawaii, that's even further. Yes, so, yes. yeah, I think we're, we are kind of opposite corners. Yes, yes. <laughs> no. 
and, but but we're doing okay and uh and staying healthy and uh living life at the beach yep get some good fresh yep. air that's good well thank you again dad for doing this You're welcome. Um, my pleasure it means a lot to me i'm sure it is helpful for listeners out there um i'm excited for another way to try to share Movember and and what it means and how it impacts lives. Um, again, it was something I just kind of picked up and then it really hit yeah. home. Yep. <laughs> so you never know. Yep. So thank you. And thank you nerds for listening to another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I guess dad, is it okay if somebody reaches out, I can connect them with you for, I don't know, advice, suggestions, feedback, if they are going through absolutely it yeah happy to do that awesome happy okay. to do that all right either uh you, you could give them a cell cell phone or email yeah so i will if if anyone out there would like to talk to my dad directly just let me know um through all the normal channels and yep. we will get you connected Hey nerds, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Be sure to check out my socials and connect with me on those. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for the handle at Brains Boobs Beer. And then also be sure to check out my website. It is www.brainsboobsbeer.com. I have a blog up on there and some ideas, suggestions, tips, etc. So if you heard someone on one of the episodes that you'd really like to connect with, reach out through one of those channels and I will be happy to help you network with that person. Cheers.